welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Lan. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. So, at the City Light Church, we go by uh, an annual theme and also by a monthly theme. So, this year, God promised us that this, this year, it's, it's a God show. It's a God show for us. And that's from uh, John chapter 20, verse 20. When we're crossing into the new year, it was a scripture that God gave us, an exciting scripture. In John 20, 20, uh, Jesus appeared to his disciples, and you know, some of them were doubting and all that. But Jesus Christ showed them the wounds in his hand and his side and said they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, when they saw the Lord. So God was speaking to us that we're going to see him. We're going to see his manifestation. We're going to see him in our lives, and we're going to be overjoyed. We're going to be overjoyed. And it's been three months of the year already, and I'm so grateful to God because it's been a God show. It's been a God show on all fronts with uh, testimonies in my own life and in the lives of several people as God is manifesting himself. Yeah, I know a lot of things are happening in the world right now that many people, many of us may not, we don't even understand what is going on. But even in the midst of it all, God is being glorified. God is still continuing his show. He continues his show. It is still a God show. And I want you to continue to declare that, that even what is happening right now is a God show. Is a God show. God is showing something. God, in spite of what is going on, God is showing himself now. So those who are tuned in, those who are tuned in to him, they are, they are still experiencing that show. They are still seeing the God show uh, in their lives. And that's what I really want to talk about uh, today. So the theme for the month of April is showdown. Show down. Showdown. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love showdowns. I love showdowns. And it's from Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, uh, where the Bible tells us that, you know, Jesus Christ disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities, and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. You know, some other translations, you know, um, says that he disarmed principalities and powers, like the KJV. KJV says he made a show of them openly. He made a show of them openly. You know, another one, another translation, you know, says that he, he, he made, uh, you know, he made a show of them in public. He made a show of them in public. So Jesus Christ defeated uh, principalities and powers. He disarmed them. He took their authority. He won victory over them. He disgraced them in the open. And he didn't do all these things but for himself. He did all these things for us. Jesus Christ is our mighty conqueror. The Bible calls him the captain of our salvation, the leader of the army of the church. So he's the one that goes ahead of us, and then he fights the battle, he wins the victory, and we enjoy the victory. So this month, we are celebrating the victory of Jesus that he has already won for us. No matter what is going on in the world right now, no matter what we face, Jesus Christ 
is Lord. I want you to say that wherever you are right now. Say, Jesus Christ is a Lord. God is in control. Jesus already won the victory. There was a showdown that took place between the forces of evil and G that was trying to, the forces of evil trying to just take over the world with, without without any, any escape for anybody that is in this world. But God had a plan, and Jesus Christ came, and Jesus Christ fought the battle for us, and on the cross, he won the victory. And right now, we are supposed to be enjoying the fruit, the spoils of that battle, the, the spoils of that victory. And so this month, what we're doing is we are dis dividing the spoils. You know, we are, we are turning our focus to Christ. We're going to focus on who he is. We're going to focus on what, we, what he has done. And, you know, it's, this month is also the month that we celebrate Easter, the resurrection of Jesus. So we're just going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what he obtained for us on the cross of Calvary. We're going to be dividing the spoils that he won in that battle, uh, in the battle that he had with the kingdom of darkness. You know, I've always loved battles. In fact, some of my favorite places in the Bible are those places you know, where, where you have these showdowns that, you know, that takes place. You know, for example, you know, there's a showdown in the book of Exodus where, you know, Moses comes to Pharaoh and Moses throws down his rod. The rod became a snake. And then the sorcerers of Egypt also threw, that, they threw, down, they threw down their own rod. It also became snakes. And you'll be like, wow, evil and good, they are operating the same way. But the Bible tells us that in that showdown, that the rod of Moses that became the snake swallowed up the rod of the snakes that, I mean, and the rod of the sorcerer. So there was a showdown with the gods of Egypt, and God glorified himself. He manifested himself by swallowing up, by swallowing up uh, what this, uh, this, uh, these gods produced. God demonstrated that he is the God who is above all. He's the God who, is, who has all the power, who is in control. So God won that showdown. You all know about David and Goliath. It was, it was, a sh it was another showdown where a young boy you know, is fighting this giant who has been trained you know, in the act of war since, uh, since his birth. But just through the grace of God and the power of God, David, David was able to conquer Goliath. David became victorious over Goliath and he won the victory. David won the victory not for himself. He won the victory over Goliath for all of Israel. Because after he killed Goliath, all of Israel also, they got emboldened and they began to fight the Philistine and they were able, you know, to claim the victory, they be, you know, claim the territory, claim, you know, the spoils, divide the spoils of war. Because somebody stood up as a conqueror and, 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 and fought, and fought the, 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 the powers of evil in that showdown and was victorious. That's like the type of Christ. Christ was, was the one who came in the flesh, who came, who came as a, you know, he, was, he, he came as, you know, somebody who was weak and he confronted the forces of evil on the cross. The cross is like those sling stone that David used to fight uh, Goliath. Goliath was right there, had all the authority, had everything, but through just, you know, a, a stone, Goliath was, you know, was killed. So Jesus Christ also through the, 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 the foolishness of the cross. Like Paul says it, through the foolishness of the cross, through the weakness of death, Christ came 
and became the you know became you know the David who conquered the Goliath of sin, the Goliath of sickness, the Goliath of of failure, of the curse that has been upon the human race. Jesus conquered that Goliath on the cross of Calvary, and all of us right now, like the rest of Israel, we can enjoy the spoil of what Christ did. I also remember the showdown between Elijah and the prophet of of Baal. You know, the, you know, Elijah told them, he said, he called all the prophets. You guys have been talking about your God. He now says, you know, well, let's, let's have a showdown. Let's have a bat. Let's have a, you know, you know a, a competition between our God. He says, you know, we'll call upon your God. And I'm going to call upon, your, upon my God. He said, the God that answers by fire is, is the one that will be God. And they said, the prophet of Baal, they tried from morning till night, calling upon their God for fire to show forth and all that. They did everything. They cried. They taught themselves. They were struggling. But nothing happened. But then Eli- Elijah just got there. He got there and then he just prayed. And he, and he just prayed to God and said, if I be a man of God. You know, and he talked to God and God showed up and said, fire came from heaven. And devoured, devoured you know, the, 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 the wood on the altar. And then Elijah dealt with all the prophets of Baal. There was a showdown there and there was a victory that Elijah won, just like Jesus Christ won the victory for us in the showdown with the forces of evil. But one of the most, the one that really, you know, the one that really excites me the most, or, you know, because this one happened, it was such a funny incident in the Bible. This one took place in the book of First Samuel chapter 5 from verse 1 to 4. You know, there was a showdown, but it was like a silent showdown. So what happened was that the Philistines, they, they took the ark of God and, you know, they won over Israel. So they, they took the ark of God. The ark of God represented the presence of God. Represented, you know, you know how God dwelt with the children of Israel then. Which now, you know, you know, represents, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and all that. God's work in our lives. God's presence in our lives. So they took the ark of the covenant. And then, you know, they took it from the battleground of um, Ebenezer to the town of Ashdod. So they carried the ark of God into the temple of Dagon and placed it behind their idol. So they placed the, 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 temp, the, you know, the ark of the covenant behind their, their idol, their own God. So then they left, look at it, they left, uh, they left it there. They said, but when the citizen of Ashdod went to see it the next morning, Dagon had fallen to the, with his face to the ground. That was so funny. He didn't even fall backward. It was his face to the ground before the Ark of the Covenant. So the, the people there, they said, maybe that was a mistake. Maybe there was something that happened. So they, 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 they put him in his place again. You know, you know, a God that they had to assist, that they, had, they, they, they have to help it, to, to, to lift it up. You know, that's not the kind of God that we serve. We don't serve a God that we, ha- we have to assist. We serve a God who is all-sufficient, who is, who is everything that we need. He's our assistance, is our help, is everything that we need. He's not a God that needs, you know, that needs our assistance. You know, he's a God who is in control and who is in charge. He's the victorious king, you know, that we serve. And so they, 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 put, they put him up again. They discovered that the next morning, the same thing had happened. Dagon had fallen to his face, falling face down before the ark of the Lord again. This time, his head and his hands were broken off. And they were lying in the doorway. Only the trunk of his body was left intact. You see, I'm prophesying to you, based on this scripture, that uh, this month, in this month of April, 
everything that has been harassing your life, everything that has been holding you down, everything that has been shouting and crying in your ears and crying in your life that I'm superior. I'm superior to your God. You have no solution to this. They've been long-standing things. There might be sicknesses. There might be, there might be some situations in your family, some situation in your finances, some situation, anything that has been standing up, standing up there, they are all falling to their face this month in your life. Not only will they fall to their face, their hands are broken. You know, their necks are broken. They, they, you, will not, you will not see them any longer because God is about to free you. This is a month of freedom for you in the name of Jesus Christ. As we exalt God. Listen, they didn't have the, the Ark of the Covenant just stood there. It was just there. The presence of God was just there. Just there. And as the presence of God was there, then Dagon just had to fall. As we also focus on the presence of God, on the victory of Christ this month, everything that has been holding you down will begin to fall. Everything that has been exalting itself above the knowledge of God in your life is going to fall. Everything that has been standing in your path, in the path of your destiny, in the path of your purpose, those things are going to fall down as the presence of Christ, as the supremacy of Christ is uh, exalted in your life. As we exalt his supremacy in our lives this month, we're going to see freedom. That is the word that God gave me for you this month, that you are going to enjoy freedom without stress. You are going to enjoy rest without stress. You are going to enjoy protection without stress. We're going to enjoy God moving in our lives without stress. You are going to enjoy the God show, the God show while you are at rest. You are going to enjoy the God show while you are at rest. You will not have to struggle for it. You will not have to struggle for it. Maybe, you know, we're, we, you know in many places right now, people are at home. They cannot go out to do anything. Some of you cannot do something regarding your finances. You want to go do some business. You want to go do some of the things that I used to do before, but you are not able to go ahead and do it. But just like that, you know, God stood there and Dagon was exalting himself, and Dagon fell, you know, without any hand being lifted. There were there were angels at work in there, you know, causing the victory to come. I'm saying that while you are at rest, God is going to fight the battle for you. Money will come to you while you are sitting in your house. Your business will be prospering, even at this time when it seems as if it's not supposed to prosper. Your ministry will prosper more at this time when you are supposed to be experiencing a recession. I'm speaking and prophesying over you that you are not going to experience a recession. You are not going to experience a recession. You are going to experience a resurgence. This month, you are going to go higher. You are going to go upward. You are going to prosper. You are going to deepen your root in God. You are going to go higher in God. You are going to prosper in every aspect of your life. It's going to be your best month so far this year. No matter what is happening in the world, darkness may cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord himself has risen upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. Gentiles shall come to your life and they are kings to the brightness of your, of your rising. So get excited because this is a month of victory. This is a month of testimonies for you. It's a God show for you. Right there in your house, you will be experiencing the God show. Right there, you'll be having ideas that will transform the world. You'll be having ideas that will propel your life and your purpose beyond where you have ever been, beyond what you could have ever done if you were running all over the place. So I'm, I'm encouraging you at this time, you know, this month to relax. Rest in God because the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. Amen. So, you know, I, 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 I want to share just three things quickly with you 
uh, today in this message, just to introduce what we're going to be talking about, you know, this month, just a bit further, and then I'll take it further uh, from next, um, from next, uh, the next time that we, we, we meet again on Sunday. So, um, three point. The first thing is, uh, I, I, I call it fighting the fight. Fighting the fight. So, in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, uh, the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So we made confessions and we became uh, Christians. We became born again. We declared that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And then we are now in the journey. And then we are faced with challenges, just like some challenges are facing us right now. Paul in this place was encouraging us that when those challenges come, what we need to do is not to withdraw. It says we need to fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. I want you to tell some of the people watching with you right now, your family members, tell them it's time to fight the good fight. But the great thing about this fight that we're talking about is that it is a good fight. It is not, it's not a losing fight. You can't call a losing fight a good fight. It's a fight that you win. A good fight is the one that you win. If somebody went to fight a boxing match right now, people, how was the fight? Oh, it was good. It was good. He won't say it was good if he lost. He's going to say it was good if he won. So when the Bible says we fight a good fight of faith, it means it's a fight which we win. And the reason why we win is what I've been uh, talking about, the fact that Jesus Christ went on the cross of Calvary and he fought the fight for us. We're now more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. We're now more than cockroach. So, so it's a good fight. Now, there are two approaches to fighting. This is where I want to start, you know, today. Uh, you know, two approaches to fighting. Uh, and I, I just wanted to use a quick story to illustrate this, and then it will lead us into uh, the rest of our study uh, for today. So, in Greek mythology, um, you know, there are, you know, two stories that I just wanted to share about uh, that, will help, that will illustrate, you know, what I'm teaching today. Sometimes I just like to read, you know, some of these stories. And I know some of you, you maybe you did it in high school or something. But some of these stories are just interesting and you find some apply, applicable things when, you know, to life there. So it's the story of um, Odysseus. Some of you know Odysseus in the, you know, in the Odyssey. So it was this man um, who, you know, left his family and, you know, a war that he didn't want to fight after the Trojan War, you know, and he had to go leave his family. And he was, he was, you know, just, you know, gone for a long time. It was a long journey. And, you know, it was detailing. The story was detailing all the different places he went, all the adventures that he had. But there was a particular one that I really want, wanted to focus on. So, so on the journey of Odysseus, there was a particular uh, time when they were about to pass an island. It was called, you know, it was the island of the sirens. Uh, you know, the sirens. That's where we get, you know, these sirens that we know the police uses and all that. So the sirens, they were known as, uh, they were creatures that when, when you pass by there, they, they will turn themselves to look so beautiful and then they will start singing. They will start singing and singing and singing. And they said anybody that hears them singing, they, their singing was so powerful that they will lure you. They will just lure you to come. The song will just lure you to come towards them, and then you move your boat or your ship towards them. But what those people will not know is that those people are actually trying to, you know, attract them to their death because 
just by the island, there were a lot of, you know, terrible rocks in there. So the ship would just, you know, just, uh, you know, um, hit the rock and people. So a lot of people had died, you know, by listening to the sound of the sirens. So when Odysseus was going, um, you know, so it was advised that you are going to be passing by the island of the siren. What you need to do is tell all your men that are sailing with you, tell them to put be you know be wax in their hairs so that they can't hear the song of the siren. But you, Odysseus wanted to hear the beautiful song. So tell them to tie you down to the boat. Tell them to tie you down to the boat so that even when you hear the sound and you you want to go, you know, they, you won't be able to go. And if you are telling them, you know, to you know to take you there to you know to just row you towards the island, they will not listen to you because they have bee wax covering their hair. So so Odysseus did that, and when they got to the, to the to, you know, around that island, the sirens began to sing. They began to call on the name of Odysseus. Come, you are beautiful, you are this, you are that, and all that. And Odysseus tried, you know, he was attracted by the thing. He wanted to go. He did everything, but he was tie, tied down. And then his men tied him down some more. They had wax in their hair, so they couldn't hear what was going on. So, so they were able to save Odysseus from dying until they passed the island. And then Odysseus came back to his senses. So Odysseus actually fought that battle and won by putting some restraint on himself, you know, struggling and all that, because, you know, he still wanted to focus on the sound of the siren. But then there was another guy in another story, the Argonauts, you know, the, this man was called Ophios. I don't know if you know about Ophios, you know, they talk about him in music and art and all that. So Ophios was passing by the island of the siren too. But you know what Ophios did? Ophios was a great musician. He was one of the greatest uh, poets, you know, musicians in Greek mythology. So Ophios, when he was passing by the island, he decided that what he was going to do was that he was going to play a more melodious music than the song of the sirens. So all the people that were with him and all that, once he got there, Ophios just started playing that song. And the song just filled the air. And as the people focused and, you know, listened to his song, his beautiful song, the sirens were singing, doing all that, but they could not hear the sirens anymore. All they could hear was Ophios playing and playing and playing and playing until they passed the siren. Now, I, I said all that because I just wanted to illustrate something, that there are two ways that you can, you know, enjoy the victory that God has won for us in Christ. You know, there are two ways that you can approach. Let me say this way. There are two ways you can approach, you know, the fight of faith that we're talking about. There is the one of where you want to struggle. You want to try and do, you know, everything by yourself. Like, Odysseus, tie you down, do all that. But I love Ophios' method. What he did was that rather than struggling with the sound and all the things that, you know, that was going on around him, he decided to listen or to play a more melodious sound. And through that, he was able to overcome, you know, the temptation he was able to overcome in that battle. So I just wanted to tell you something that, listen, there are two ways you can approach, you know, your life and your victory as a believer. You can see yourself as a militant believer that you got to fight everything. But you can see yourself as a triumphant believer where you focus on what Christ has done. You focus on who Christ is, what Christ has done in your life. In these times that we are right now, we could focus on the sound, the news, the siren. We could focus on, you know, all the things that are going on right now. And then we're still trying, you know, we're trying to hold ourselves, you know. You know, you, you might be able to, you know, cross to the other, other side, but there will be a lot of struggle. But there's a better way to do it. The better way to do it is to tune into Christ. 
is to tune in completely to Christ and to tune out yourself from the noise of the world so that Christ can lift you up above whatever is happening right now and whatever is coming that we're not even, we do not even know what is coming yet. But Christ knows what is coming. So I'm speaking to us today about tuning into Christ. As we're socially distancing, this is an opportunity to retune ourselves to Christ, to Christ frequency, to listen to the melodious sound of Christ and what he has done. And as we keep our focus on what Christ has done, as we focus on what Christ has done, we're going to enjoy the greatest freedom and the greatest victories that we can ever enjoy, even at this time when so many things are are going wrong in the world. All right, so I want to go to my point number two. So we know how to approach the fight. The way to approach the fight is to change our, is to turn our focus to Christ, to something better, to something else, than to try and fight the noise of the world. So, my second point is, you know, I call it feeding the frenzy. So the books that we're, the book we're going to be studying this month is the book of Colossians. I just wanted us to do some, you know, some study. Like I said, I want us to do some study in the Word this year, where the Word will speak directly to us. So we're going to be digging in into the book of Colossians. I just wanted to give you the context of the book of Colossians and the message that we're going to be sharing uh, this month. So um, the book of uh, Colossians uh, came from it came from the ministry of Paul. Uh, the church in Colos- uh, of Colosse, which is a city right now in modern-day Turkey, um, you know, came from the ministry of Paul. But this is the way it happened. Paul never, you know, went to uh, uh, Colosse as at the time that he wrote this, um, this epistle. We don't know whether he even went at all. But while he was in Ephesus and he was in ministry in there, one, of, one, one uh, person called Epaphras came to Ephesus and then he met Paul there. And then he listened to the message of Paul and he got converted. And then Epaphras uh, now went to uh, Colossae. He went there and established the Colossian church, a bunch of house churches all over the place. You know, Colossae used to be a large city, but then a lot of cities just, you know, evolved around it. So it became like a small city. It was a city that went through transition. So there were some believers in there that Paul wrote this letter to. The letter... Uh, to the Colossians. Now, what was going on in there, and what was the purpose of uh, the book of Colossians? So, basically, what was going on in Colossae at that time was that these people had received the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they were enjoying their life. Paul said he was praying for them because, you know, of their love for the saints and of their faith and all that. But then, some people came in. A lot of noise came from all around. Uh, from circumstances, from teachers and all that, and they began to proclaim something else. Then the effic- at the Colossian church, they began to lose their focus. At the beginning of their faith, their focus was on Christ and Christ alone. But as at the time that Paul wrote this letter to them, their focus was di- divided. They were they were feeding on certain other things that was actually feeding their frenzy. They were troubled by so many things. Let me quickly uh, talk about it as an introduction. Some of the things that was a distraction uh, to the Colossians, uh, the Colossian church. The first one is ceremonialism and rituals, ritualism. So basically, 
Uh, rather than focusing on Christ, the church, these people, these new believers, they have become so focused on, you know, the meetings, you know, the, you know, the, the, the days. Oh, oh, it's Easter. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's this, it's that, it's Sunday, it's Sabbath, it's uh, whatever. So they were so focused on, you know, the time of meeting, the place of meeting. They're so focused on all that. It became a distraction that they were not even focused on Christ anymore. They were marking days. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 to 17, you know, Paul was speaking concerning this when he, when he, when he told them, uh, Colossians 2, verse 16 uh, to 17. He told them, he said, Don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating a certain holy days, or new moon, or ceremonies, or Sabbath, for these two are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ Himself, Christ Himself is that reality. So he's saying that all these things, you know, activities and, you know, attendance of these and these and, you know, Easter and all that. He said, yeah, don't let anybody, you know, tell you you are not okay if those things are not happening. He said, listen, those things are not the real thing. The real thing is Christ. The real thing is Christ. I want to speak to people right now who are feeling so bad because they can't go into a church building. You know, you are so used to the fact that you have to be in the church building. You know, you have to, you know, do some certain things. Oh, Easter is coming. Easter is the day that I attend church. Even some people that never attend church, they come to church on Easter and they are feeling so bad. I want to tell you that this is an opportunity to connect to the reality. It's an opportunity to connect to the reality. There's nothing wrong with church. There's nothing wrong with all that. It's great. And, you know, when church opens, we're going to come to church. But what about if we use this opportunity to connect to Christ, to tune to Christ? Who is the reality? So the, the Colossians were distracted by that. So Paul was trying to fine-tune, you know, their focus to turn them back in the right direction. The second thing was they were, they were focused on rules. And what, you know, some rules that they had to observe. People were telling them, you know, you can't touch certain things. You can't handle certain things. You can't taste certain things. You can't eat this, you know, this kind of food. You can't, uh, you know, touch this kind of thing. You have to, you know, fast. You have to do all this stuff. Now, some of those things Paul told them in, you know, in verse 23. Look at, I mean, verse 21, sorry, verse 21. Paul told them, 21 and 23, he told them, he said, these things, you know, that, you know, like, you know, it says these things are rules of mere rules of human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. You know, these rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious and self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desire. What he was saying is that, yeah, some of these things, you know, doing all those things are okay, but really you need to go to the reality. You need to go to the reality. The reality is Jesus Christ. The next one was, uh, you know, the next distraction they had was, you know, some people were teaching them that they needed some kind of secret knowledge. Some secret knowledge. You know, that if you don't have this secret knowledge, you cannot experience God. You know about what is happening in our world right now? There's a lot of teaching, a lot of things going on around right now. You know, people are being driven into all kinds of occultic stuff, you know, uh, new age stuff. You know, that there's just something secret. When you get it, that's where your victory is. Paul was telling them that that's not where the victory is. That anything that removes Christ from the center of our lives is not going to give us victory. We're listening to the sirens instead of listening to the melodious song that is going to give us a victory. And then, it, it, the next thing was they relied on human wisdom and traditions. 
They were relying on human wisdom. I know right now there's a lot of wisdom going on about right now of how you're supposed to live your life, how you're supposed to protect yourself. And there's some values to human wisdom. You know, there's some values to, you know, social distancing and and we're doing that, wearing masks and we're doing that when we need to do that and, you know, so many things. But don't rely on those things. Don't rely. People will tell you that some people have one mask and they still caught the disease. Some people will tell you that they social distance and this or that, but they still call the disease. Now, you can do that. You, rely, you can use you know, wisdom, human wisdom, but don't make it your reliance. Let your reliance be on what? On Christ. Let your reliance be on God at this time, on the protective power of God, on the, the prevailing power of God. Let your faith be strong. Let your focus be upon Christ and not on any of these, uh, of these things you know, uh, you know, that you know, people want to depend upon. You can do them, but don't make them your dependence. Don't make the hams of flesh your dependence. Don't even depend on the wisdom of, uh, of, of the leaders of this world. Depend on the wisdom of Christ. It's time, time to turn our focus to Christ. That's my message today. It's time to turn, to tune in to Christ in a new way. In this month, we're going to tune into him. We're going to learn a lot about him. We're going to go deep into who Christ is and what Christ has done for us. And we're going to enjoy the victory that he has for us. And then there are two other things that, you know, the Colossians were distracted with. They were worshiping angels. You know, Christ was no longer the center of that church. So Paul, when, when Epaphras came to see him while he was in jail, Epaphras was the one that started the church. You know, Paul, you know, never started a church. And it, that, that tells you a lot that even while, where you are there right now, you don't need to be an apostle. You don't need to be one great person to be able to start something that can impact people. He just heard the message of Paul and he went to his city and started it. Right now, wherever you are right now, you, too, you can start something. You can touch people wherever you are right now. Maybe it's on the internet. Maybe it's, you know, somewhere you can do it because God, God wants his message to spread. So he came to Paul in prison and told Paul, this is what was going on in Colossae. You know, that people were, people have now turned their attention away from Christ. And they are now focused on all these externalities. They are focused, they are focused right now on what is going on. The sound, the song of the sirens. They are now focused on all that. And Paul saw they were losing as believers. They were losing. I want to tell you something. Listen, if you focus on the song of the sirens, you'll be, you'll be attracted and you will lose. But if you focus on the melodious sound of Christ, you will be victorious. You will be victorious through rest. Resting in Christ, you'll be victorious. So it's time to shift your focus. So Paul began to talk throughout the rest of the epistles. Epistle of Colossians, which we're going to be studying this month, on how do you refocus. So I want to talk about my last point for today, finding your focus. Finding your focus. So what Paul begins to do is just to be, you know, to do what, you know, similar to what Ophios did in that story. Rather than, you know, spending so much time, you know, on what the other people are saying, he addressed them, but what he did was that he began to talk about Christ. He began to talk about Christ. There are about at least over 60. You know, if you count it, it'll be like 80. 80 references. But I just want to be conservative. Over 60 references to Christ in the book of Colossians. And each of these references was pointing, was pointing to who Christ is and what Christ has done for us. In fact, Paul started by praying for the Colossians. And that's the prayer, you know, that I want to pray for everybody today. Uh, let's, let, let's read that prayer in the book of Colossians. In Colossians chapter, uh, in the chapter, it's in chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. 
you know, starting from verse 9. So Paul begins to pray for them when, as he writes this, me- uh, this message to them, this letter to them, knowing that they have been distracted by everything that was going on. So he said, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. He has not met these people, but he was praying for them. We, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. I want you to repeat that word after me. Spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom. That is going to be our key word this month. Spiritual wisdom. The showdown. Experiencing the victory in the showdown is going to come not by human wisdom, but by what? Spiritual wisdom. We have to be spiritually alert. We have to be spiritually adept. And every believer can become spiritually adept. That's what Paul was praying for the Colossian church. He began to lift them up. That I just want you to know the perfect will of God. The complete will of God. And for you to have spiritual wisdom and understanding. And listen, look at what happens when you get spiritual wisdom and understanding. He said, he said, then, then the way you live, he said, when we have spiritual wisdom and understanding, the way we live will always honor and please the Lord. And our lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, we can grow as we, le- as we learn to know God better and better. So he's saying that when somebody becomes spiritually wise and you are growing in spiritual wisdom, every aspect of your life will be, will be covered. As you grow in spiritual wisdom, your health will be covered. Your marriage will be covered. Your finances will be covered. Your business will be covered. Every step, everything that concerns you will be covered. Because that's not me. Don't take my word for it. He says, the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your life will produce every kind of good fruit. We want to produce good fruit in our lives. We want great results in our lives. We want to walk in victory in our lives. Paul said the key to walking in this victory is for you to develop spiritual wisdom and understanding. And Paul says this spiritual wisdom comes as we learn to know God better and better. As we turn our focus to Christ and begin to learn about him, we begin to develop spiritual wisdom. And as we develop spiritual wisdom, as we know him more and more, victory begins to show forth in our lives. Can't you see what we're saying? Paul is basically saying, listen to the melodious song of, that God is transmitting, that God is singing of Christ, what he has done, who he is, who you are in him. And as you listen to that, it says your life will begin to produce fruit. You begin to walk in victory. You begin to walk in uh, supernatural results. That is what we're going to be doing this month. That is the showdown. Jesus won the battle for us. Our own part of the battle is to find out what he has done, to celebrate what he has done, to spend time talking about what he has done, meditating on what he has done, singing about what he has done, focusing on what he has done. And as we focus on what Christ as we tune in to Christ, we begin to experience on, 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 on common victory. We begin to experience the victory of God in the midst of what is happening in our world and what is happening in our life. I declare over you that this month, 
You are going to turn your focus to the Lord. And as you turn your focus to the Lord, to learn more about Christ, to spend time with Christ, to spend time in the Word, then you're going to experience the victory. Look at what he said again in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. Summarizing what the book is all about. Colossians chapter 3, from verse 2 to 3. He said, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life. And your real life is eating in Christ, with Christ in God. Think about the things of heaven. So we're going to be thinking about the things of heaven. When he's talking about heaven there, he's speaking about the higher plane. Rather than focus on what is going on in this life, he said, let's think about the higher plane. Let's focus on what, you know, what, you know, what Christ has done. Let's focus on the heavenly blessings that he has blessed us with in the heavenly places. So we're going to have an adventure this month as we dig into what Christ has done for us in the book of Colossians, as we look at these things that are in the heavenly places and who Christ is, it's going to be an amazing time. And as we listen and keep our focus on him, we're going to walk in God's victory. So that's my message for you today. And this, this is the application. This is the application. At this time, there are so many things that are clamoring for our attention. We've all been distracted. Sometimes, you know, you know the, over the past three weeks since we've been told to stay home, one of the thoughts that has come to my mind is that this is like a timeout. You know the way you would give your child a timeout? So when she's, you know, he or she's in a frenzy doing stuff, just say, timeout, go to your room and go and think. It's like God is allowing this thing to give us a timeout. A timeout to rechange our focus, to refocus. Now, you need to take advantage of this opportunity. You could still be on the timeout and you are still focused on what is going on. You are still distracted by all these things that the Colossians were distracted by. But God is saying, use this time as an opportunity to, re to retune your antenna, to retune yourself to Christ. This is the time. I'm telling you, this is the time for you to, when, when we get out of this, you know, lockdown, shutdown, slow down, whatever you want to call it, when we get out of it, let, let every believer listening to me, roar, you know, like you are, you are roaring back, but when you are roaring back, you are roaring back with revelation, with wisdom, with, you know, with victory. You are roaring back because some things have been cemented in your spirit. You have had some encounters with, the, with Christ, with the supernatural wisdom of God, as you are looking into the Word, as you are reading books that you've always wanted to read, as you are reading the books of the Bible, meditating especially upon the epistles, on what Christ has done. You are so full of the victory that when you come out, you become just a, you become a show. <laughs> just a, you become a God show for the entire world because you are just coming out to explode, you know, to be a blessing to the world and to begin to walk in the greatest victories that you have ever walked in your life. Let this slow down. Drive you at this point to focus and to tune in to Christ. So we're going to be learning more from next week. We're going to be learning more about all the things that, Christ, that Paul said in the book of Colossians about who Christ is and what that means for us in this uh, days that we are in right now. So I encourage you this week, uh, get ready. Even, you know, as you hear this message, make up your mind that my focus is changing. I'm going to focus on heavenly things. I'm going to open up myself to receive spiritual wisdom and revelation from God. And Father, I just pray for everybody listening to me today. Lord, this month of April, Lord, we're declaring, according to your instruction, a season of divine revelation. 
a season of knowing you more, of fine-tuning, of tuning ourselves to you, tuning ourselves to Christ, making Christ the center of our focus, knowing his supremacy, knowing his power, knowing what he has done, and walking in the reality of the victory that is showed down on the cross of Calvary, uh, bought and won for us. I pray for, I pray the same prayer for everybody watching me that Paul prayed for the Colossians. I pray that you will give us, Lord, you will help us, Lord, you know, to, 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 to come in contact with you so that we will, will have a complete knowledge of your will and that we will have spiritual wisdom, spiritual wisdom and understanding so that our lives will be pleasing to you in everything. Thank you for taking your people higher. Thank you for visions and revelations. Thank you, Father, Lord, for causing your people to see more than they have ever seen of you. Thank you for grace multiplying because of what we are saying. Thank you, Father, Lord, for this is taking place in every household and in every life that is watching me right now and spreading. There's a revival of revelation. There's a revival of Christ in our life. There's a revival of worship. There's a revival of study. There's a revival of the spirit of wisdom and revelation taking place in our lives. Thank you for victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, if you are watching me and you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first step. That's the greatest thing, the greatest decision anybody can ever make in this life. It is what separates those who are headed to an eternity in hell from those who are headed to an eternity in heaven. It's what separates those who have a relationship with God from those who only know about Him. You know, I'm calling you to this relationship with God, a relationship that will transform your life and just begin a new order in your life, a relationship of victory that, just, that transforms your life now and has far-reaching influence to your life even when this life ends. Uh, you know, when, when, when we pass through the shores of this world and we enter into eternity, your relationship with Christ is what is going to be your anchor and your security. And it's so easy to do it. All you need to do is to just call upon Jesus. Jesus already died for you on the cross. He already won the victory for you to be free, to rescue you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. All you just need to do is just accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Just tell him, Jesus, come into my life. I accept you and I turn my life over to you. And that instantaneous miracle will take place in your spirit. You become a new creation. You become a child of God. And you can now start studying his word. Thanks for listening to The Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.